Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show slash podcast Shinu Hodu Binjda. Did that work? The Shinu Hodu? I don't think Luke pronounced it right when he did it, so I don't think I can get it right. I'll start over. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show slash podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, in the Eastern Time Zone. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me this evening in the Pacific Time Zone is Christy Wise. Good evening, Christy. Hello. This is a now Friday edition of our show where we bring on a special guest and talk to him about a moment or episode in TBTL history, and tonight's special guest... Coming from Tokyo is listener Jojo. Good morning, Jojo. Good morning. Hi. Hi. You are in the future. <laughs> Apparently no, what so. What is it like? What is my day like going to be tomorrow? Sun- sunny, futuristic. Um, that's about it. I can say for now, but, you know, in- enjoy looking forward to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the largest time gap, time zone gap we've covered on TBTL, broadcasting to you from Rhode Island, Washington State, and Japan. So, Jojo, thanks for being part of this magical experience with us on the other side of the international dateline. No, thank you, guys. We're going to talk to you today about uh, a great episode in TBTL history from 2011, TBTL's Love Letter to Japan. And after that, we'll talk about how you can get involved and do some housekeeping. Uh, But before any of that, Jojo, I think we've got to get to know you a little bit, you need to tell us some things right off the bat, which is uh, how did you end up in Japan and how did you find TBTL in Japan? You don't have to get too specific. <laughs> Christy will do that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I, at college, I studied Japanese um, and I came out here to work um, after studying here for a year. And then how I found TBTL in Japan. Well, we ha- we ride the trains a lot here. You've got to spend a lot of time commuting. So just listening to podcasts, uh, listening to Wait Wait from there, like most people, I think. And then I heard Luke from there, just found TBTL, went back, listened to a lot of shows, and that was about that. Sure. Uh, something I've noticed about listeners in other countries, I know sometimes they're drawn to TBTL because it's in English and it makes them feel, you know, gives them an English outlet. I know a lot of times, I know there's someone who's um, doing Peace Corps somewhere and in they Africa get, or something. Yeah, and they get the episodes in batches when they can. I think there are right. other tens who send them flash drives and things. Mm-hmm. Um, was it like that for you? Or is I've never been to Japan. I'm, I'm completely ignorant to the culture. So uh, is is English easier to come by? Or is this something that's sort of an English outlet for you? Um, It's fairly easy to come by. I spend most of my day, I teach English. I work at a school where we speak English all day long. So it's I, I get plenty of English. Um, but actually, as you can hear, I'm British. Um, and I work with a lot of people from the US. Um, so it kind of initially helped me kind of get to know more US culture. Um, my boss, he's actually from Seattle. I've got a lot of friends from Seattle. Um, and so especially in the early days when the podcast was maybe more Seattle focused, it kind of gave me a bit more of a context for my friends and the people around me. And that's kind of one of the things that drew me in. It's a little horrifying that you're getting your basis for American culture from TBTL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like 
the thought that if in a hundred years or a thousand years aliens come to Earth and the TBTL archives are the only thing they find. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the thought of that. <laughs> uh, so why are you from originally and, and did you come through the U.S. or straight from Britain to Japan? Straight from Britain to Japan, yeah. I'm from uh, I'm from Yorkshire. Um, if you've seen uh, the Full Monty or Brass Off <laughs> or any of those kind of films about mining or steel, that's where I grew up. Um, and then no, I just came straight to Japan from university. Like I say, I studied here for a, for a little while um, while I was at college, and then that was it. But yeah, then I was thrown into a company where I was working with people from all over the world, and you know, uh, just getting to learn more about the US, more about. Uh, especially, you know, Seattle, especially some of the places it's, it's kind of fun to just drop little name places on my boss sometimes. And he goes, how do you know? What, what, why are you talking about Ballard? <laughs> Your boss has never been to the Matter and Gate, has he? I, uh, I hope not. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I, don't I, tell him, you know, about the Mandarin Gate, because <laughs> if he does know it, that's not good. Yeah. Major All right, I'm not done. I have more questions. Okay. <laughs> um, I, this is just personally fascinating to me. So forget everything about TBTL. Um, how long have you been in Japan? Um, this time since I moved here. I moved here full time in 2006 um, and altogether about 11 years in total, including okay. studying. Yeah. So you were in Japan when we aired, when TBTL aired the love letter to Japan. Very much so. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it, this episode's a big one for me, actually. Yeah. Um, before we get into the episode and talking about sort of the post tsunami situation in mm. general, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your personal experience going through that in Japan. Yeah. Um, well, it happened. Um, I was at work. I was in the middle of uh, leading a meeting and all of a sudden things started shaking. Um, and we're pretty used to that. It happens pretty frequently. Earthquakes, little earthquakes. Well, you know, fairly small ones happen all the time but this one just didn't stop and got bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah and then it was it was a pretty scary day um i was about well i was near tokyo so about 100 150 kilometers from where things were really really bad um but obviously in the days following we didn't know what was happening with the whole nuclear situation there was all sorts of information coming out of different sides, you know, watching the Japanese news versus watching news from the UK, from the US, the tone and the information that you got was really different. So that was that was interesting, to say the least. Um, it was scary. I had a lot of people on Facebook turning around and saying, quick, get out, come home. But um, <laughs> my, it, which was, you know, I think their hearts were in the right place. But my wife's Japanese, my work's here, my, I have family here, it's it's home to me now. Um, and so it was kind of on a personal level, you know, quite scary, but also you felt a little bit torn, but you know, I'm glad that I stuck it out. Um, yeah, it was a scary, scary time <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's 60 to 90 miles away for people who oh, sorry. to adopt the metric system. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> I, and that, that was actually my next question was about family ties. Um, and permanency is living in Japan, a permanent thing for you now was was it when you moved out there was that the plan or have you sort of grown to want to stay i'm just curious yeah what keeps you there um well as i say my wife's japanese um i'm really settled here i really like it um i came on two study tours while i was in college to kind of test the waters and see how things were um and yeah it's it's funny i feel like i fit 
in pretty well here. I fit with the society. I love the city. Tokyo is a fantastic city. If anyone ever wants to come visit, I'll show you around. Um, and it's, it's, it's just become home. I think when I first moved here, I wasn't exactly sure, but I was moving back to, to be with my then girlfriend. So there was always that idea, but no, even my family at home, even my family back in the UK, they, they say to me, no, no, you, you stay there. Um, this is actually <laughs> after, this was after the earthquake, actually. My, the one person who wasn't calling me for calling for me to come back was my mom. And she was like, no, you stay. You're, you're happy in that city. You should, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like <laughs> you wouldn't be happy here in England. Why would you come back? Don't bother. So <laughs> that meant a lot. So no, Tokyo is definitely home. Um, and it will be for forever, I think, actually. That's great. Yeah. And you can keep getting TBTL. So you can still get enough American nonsense in your day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if you're interested in upstaging me as coming the farthest to the TBTL 2000 show. If only. Um, I would love to, but sadly, it's a, it's pr it's a pretty busy season at work. Um, and I'm not sure that I could persuade my wife <laughs> that she <laughs> that she want to travel with me all the way for yeah she she appreciates tbtl you know if i'm if i'm playing it when i'm making breakfast and i'm just kind of listening she'll walk past and go and sing you know the start of the theme song that's oh. about her, her level of commitment to it but she <laughs> she knows luke and andrew's voices and you know she knows that that i like it she's actually kind of giving me some space today to <laughs> to talk to you guys because she's like okay i'm getting out of here you enjoy your tbtl time so i think she's i think being an 11 is definitely a, a global international thing i think they all they all understand they all just leave us alone just to get on with things putting up with your significant other is an international language exactly. <laughs> do you Absolutely. so do you are you fluent in japanese um yeah i'd say so by now yeah um i've yeah i like i said i studied well Yes, is the answer to that question. <laughs> and try not okay, to, try so, not to, yeah. Yeah, I, so I have weird questions. Um, oh, yeah. So do you and your wife speak Japanese? We speak both. Both, okay. And do you have an English accent in Japanese? I try not to. Um, okay. I've been really, really working on that. And it's it's been a big compliment recently. People have been, you know, uh, complimenting my Japanese accent. So, but I, I, I can do one um, if, if so required. So you can say, you know, konnichiwa, sugoi, <laughs> and in a very British accent, if you want to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Jojo, what was your first episode of TBTL? Okay. So I've been rummaging through the archives trying to find this. And with having gone back and listened to things, it's, it's a little hard to find. But I think it was around October 2009, um, around episode 401, 402. Um, where Sean is talking about Pete's pinatas, Luke's <laughs> Luke is on a juice fast and doesn't sound very well. Um, You're going to and... have to be more specific than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's why I had trouble. Um, but yeah, there are. That was, I think, one of the first ones. But after that first episode, I just I dive back, listen to, you know about 10 in a row. Um, like Andrew, I like to sit around, play video games, listen to podcasts. So I think I was just sitting down for about four or five days going back through the archives. And yeah, that got me hooked. You said okay. like Andrew, is pot legal in Japan? <laughs> no. <laughs> so to a degree, to a degree. <laughs> like Andrew, just, I guess. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you already said that you found him through Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so which episode 
would you say turned you into a 10? I don't know. It was it was gradual. I mean, that first initial whack of TBTL definitely dragged me in. And I think in that particular episode that I mentioned, Luke is, you know, questioning whether his fasting is a load of BS or whether it's <laughs> worthwhile. And a lot of people around me at the time were kind of doing the same thing. And I was quietly nodding and smiling along with that. Um, but I think one one that sticks in my mind, and I'm not sure exactly when this was, but um, when Luke didn't do an episode and phoned it in with a robot voice because <laughs> he was maybe hung over or had flu or something. I'm not. Do you remember this? Um, I don't know. Was this when he was doing it himself? No one th- was with him. I think so. And I was okay. I was on a train and I was looking for it. And, you know, I realized when I was like, oh, man, no TBTL. What am I going to listen to? I think that was the moment I realized that. Oh wow, I really do enjoy this podcast and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to look cuz you know we're um currently doing the archive project. Right. So, I'll have to look that so that it was robot voice. Yeah, and you may- think and you think that that was early on? Early ish, maybe yeah, m- maybe 2010, 2011. I'm not too sure. I mean, I hope I didn't imagine this whole thing and that I haven't gone completely <laughs> insane. No, it sounds very plausible. And I feel like it's familiar too, but I can't place when it would have happened. Right. Except perhaps right in those dark ages where there was no one to bail him out. Right. So I'll look now, that up is... and if I find it, I'll get back to you. <laughs> this is different than when he would be showing up at the radio station two right. minutes into the start of the show and Jeff or... would be vamping. Or the time it was half an hour late. Remember when right. his when alarm he woke up? In. He called in from his house <laughs> when the show started. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that's the one where Jen tried to get Mike in to yes. sub, <laughs> and he got he got there too late because oh. she called him in rush hour traffic. Um, and on a good day, you can get from the east side to Seattle probably in about twenty five minutes. During traffic, it's an hour. Yeah. And she called him probably right at seven. Like, uh, Luke's not here and he's not answering. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come in? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that well, enough fun. about Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's not here. Okay. So, Jojo, have you ever had any appearances, um, been on the show, have anything read? Uh, I've had a few emails read here and there. Um, as uh, a while back, I think Jen was talking about Born This Way and how it sounded like Express Yourself. And I emailed in to say that actually the verse sounds more like Waterfalls by TLC. I was pretty proud to have something read yeah. out by Jen. That melts a lot, meant a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then more recently, so, you know, sometimes I've read things. Um, but more recently, I think I got, maybe it was the first music for your weekend. Um, I recommended a song by a Korean band uh, called Trampoline called Be My Mom's Lover. Yes. Which, yeah. And then on LRB, I think, Bobby, I think you called me a girl. Um, <laughs> following that, so uh, thanks. So double famous for the same email. <laughs> yeah, we have webcam now, so I'm I'm yeah. relatively sure you're not a girl. Yeah, sorry, I should have shaved this morning, huh? Um, <laughs> so well, yeah, I that... apologize. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I apologize. But he, Bobby loved that song. Yeah, really. Uh, let's see. Um, and. So I guess you've already answered that you've never come to any of the TBTL meetups. Are there any other uh, Japan tents? They well, there was two that rode in, right? Right. Yeah. Um. So in today's 
episode, we, we hear from Michael. I've, I've never heard from Michael. Michael, if you're listening, um, give me a shout. Um, there is another 10 around in Tokyo called Jen. Um, I think she might live on the other end of town, but um, these are the only people I've met so far. Um, I'd love it if there were if there are more 10s out there, if, you know, if, if people want to get together, grab a beer, go to a baseball game, anything like that. Um, beer's optional, of course. Um, yeah, that'd be fantastic. So fingers crossed, I'm not too lonely here. But yeah. Um, so then I have a question because you just mentioned baseball. So you're a huge baseball fan. What's the name of your team? The Tokyo Yakult Swallows. Yes, I love that. And they're <laughs> in the in the finals right now or the playoffs? Uh, yeah, so they're in the Japan series um, where it's a seven game series and we're, we're, we lost last night. So it's two, we're two games down. Um, but this was in the 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 other team stadium um, where they have the, the DH rule. Um, I guess we're more like, a, is it the National League? Um, so we'll be coming back to, to our stadium for three games um, on Tuesday. And fingers crossed we'll make it up. But the other team, the, uh, the um, Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks, um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, they're pretty good. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Are they and all can... named after birds like every team? <laughs> Alas, no. Um, there, there's the, uh, the, 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 the Rakuten Eagles. They're, they're a bird team. The... Mm-hmm. No, there's the Lotte Marines, the, obviously the Yomi Yuri Giants, who I hate. Um, Look, of <laughs> course. Because <laughs> they're from, they're the other Tokyo team, and they, they have a roof and everything in their stadium, so hey. Um, Fancy. Yeah, but not everyone's a bird, sadly, but most of them are a company of some kind, which kind of makes things pretty hilarious. When you have thousands of people shouting the name of a company for almost no reason, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> so being, uh, from, being from the UK, do you also follow um, soccer? I do, yeah. Um, on and off. This last year, I've kind of, again, just gone crazy on the baseball. My schedule allowed me to go to about 20 games this year. Um, so I've kind of gone Japanese baseball crazy. I know virtually nothing about US baseball. But yeah, I still keep up with soccer in the UK. Um, and what's your team? Um, she- oh, God. Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. That's so whimsical. I love it. <laughs> I promise I'm not. Do- I, di- I didn't do this on purpose. Yeah. I don't just <laughs> pick teams with terrible names, um, but apparently I do as well. So hey, well that's fine. Um, a couple of notes here, Christy. It's football. Don't embarrass yourself. And JoJo, yes. Um, what kind of impact has the movie, the classic 1992 movie, Mr. Baseball, featuring Tom Selleck? starring Tom Selleck had. Is that a film that people are aware of there when Tom Selleck goes to play for a Japanese baseball team? Because that's the extent of my Japanese baseball knowledge. Now, okay, I I have to confess, I haven't seen this movie, but I think every single one of my friends has, and every single person recommends that I watch this. And as far as I can tell, it's it's pretty much a documentary from what they tell me, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's terrible. You should definitely watch it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Tom Selleck gets traded to the, is it Chunichi Dragons? Indeed, yep. So there you go. That's my, that's the only thing I can add to that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then um, last question, of course, is why does TBTL matter to you? Um, Yeah, it's a few things. As I mentioned, it kind of helps me, well, to a degree. Obviously, it kind of gives me some weird Seattle washington geography sense um Mm -hmm. it's it 
also, I know this sounds crazy, but um, it's got me into a lot of things. It's made me care about a lot of things, um, like, for example, football or American football, as, as, as we Brits would say. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, this year, well, la- the last couple of seasons, I've been kind of furiously trying to listen to the radio, going to friends' houses, watching, uh, you know, the Seahawks games and the Super Bowl. Um, and that's been a really good experience, kind of helped me connect with my friends in some way. Um, the other night, I was at a friend's birthday party and I was talking to somebody who said, you know, oh, you know, my, my football team's doing terribly. And I said, oh, is it the Browns? And he's like, yeah, you know, the Browns. And so I had this <laughs> fake, fake conversation about <laughs> Johnny Manziel. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, as, as much as, you know, as much as Mike might not like the, the, uh, the no point conversion or extra pointless, um, <laughs> it's, it's been pretty helpful for me. It's kind of like, uh, you know, notes that allow me to get by in conversation sometimes. So, hmm. yeah. Um, and also, I mean, TBTL, like a lot of people, you know, being away from home, um, you know, and just hearing these two friendly voices sometimes, sometimes you feel a little bit down, sometimes you feel a little bit lonely, sometimes you're stuck on the train for two hours. Um, and just having that company there, um, you know, TBTL, it's in whichever version it's it's been in, whether it's, you know, the Jen days or the Jen on the road days or Luke by himself days or Andrew, um, it's, you know, it's there when you need it and you know i guess we'll go into this later on but with today's episode it particularly this was one of the times when just having tbtl really kind of got me through something that made me smile pick me up put me back on my feet and made me kind of just get on with life so i'm grateful for that good answers that yeah one of the best (laughs) i think we've had actually (laughs) uh so let's talk about this love letter to japan a little bit i think we sort of introduced it a little bit this is march 18th 2011 when i look at it written out like that i realize it's the day after saint patrick's day so i'm surprised that luke isn't substantially (laughs) uh and of course this is soon after the tsunami that we talked about earlier and uh something that probably never would have happened without jen was recognition that tbtl wanted to do something for uh the listeners and everyone else in japan Uh, and so TBTL takes a little time to reflect on its interactions with Japan from its early days, early Japanese listeners writing in, uh, of course, Japan's number one mixer, Sean Dottori, and uh, the revelation first that TBTL is Japan's number one morning show, followed by the fact <laughs> that it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> so let's let's take a listen to... Episode number, boy, I wish I'd written that down. Luke says 776. I get the feeling it might be one of the ones that's wrong. But maybe (laughs) 776 of TBTL. And we got an email from Tokyo from a listener named Michael. And it it was really important, I think, to me especially because it just felt like, oh, someone is hearing this. Someone all the way in Japan. Here's what that sounded like. Uh, all the way back in 2008. All right, we had another email that came in from a guy named Michael in Japan. People listening all the way in Japan. He says, Luke slash Jen, I've been listening to your show at work this past week, and I just wanted to say you guys and gals are truly worldwide. I absolutely love the show. I only have two complaints. The show's name has got to go. Oh, here we go. This is what I was talking about. You know, that's uh, just a side note. Something I only remembered when we listened back to this tape was that people really hated the name of our show at the beginning. 
the full- it was pretty much the through line in every single email. Yeah. They the, hated the full t- Too Beautiful to Live or the TBTL. Like, Well, they hated TBTL. My memory serves. It was that they hated TBTL less than they hated Too Beautiful to Live. But they weren't huge <laughs> fans of either one. Right. I think was it. All right. Michael <laughs> continues. And number two, your show is too short. Double the length would be great. Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> that's very flattering. But I don't, so think, nice. I don't think I would want to listen to... Uh, Six hours of TBTL. I think three is just right. I think three is the exact right amount. Uh, but the fact that you think you could possibly tolerate six hours of us, Michael, is is really sweet. And he goes on to say, in Japanese, your show would be named. And then there's a bunch of Japanese characters that I can't pronounce. But then he actually writes it out phonetically. So I'm just going to kind of give this a whack here. <laughs> Ikuru koto ga dikanai kurai Utsukushi desu. Sugoi. Exactly. That's the polite form. Now, if you're just going to say it casually, if you just had met someone on the street passing by and you wanted to just say uh, that something was too beautiful to live, you would just say, Shinu hodo binjda. And that means... I think that means too beautiful too to beautiful. live. Okay. He says in Japanese your show would be named. So I assume that that's what okay. he's referring to. Well, I love that he picked up on our love of awesome. Michael finishes up. Year 2008 is going to be great. Tokyo is listening. And we thank you very much for that, Michael. So that was, um, that was our first email from Japan. And then it started this... Uh, I don't know if you can call like two events a trend. <laughs> but <laughs> we did get another email from... A student in Japan. Jen, do you remember the specifics of this email about this class report that somebody in Japan wrote about us? That's basically what I remember. She was supposed to write a report, and she chose to write it on our show, and we'd been on the air for about three and a half weeks, and it was like, talk about uh, hagiography. It was a rave. (laughs) I think it was for her English class, and she was writing about uh, TBTL and describing all of the different... um, the people on the show, and then she said, and Sean DeTori, notice I'm not doing an accent for her because I'm not racist. <laughs> she said, and Sean DeTori, he's known as Japan's number one mixer. Isn't that what she said? Or he is Japan's number one mixer? Yeah. Something awesome like that. And now, did we latch on to it right away as your handle? Because now it, of course, is how people know you. Right. For the love of God, Frank Shire's uses it everybody uses although it. it seems that everyone who uses it ultimately gets fired from that time slot <laughs> so be be aware you're on notice curly people also call me shawnee all around the station right sorry about that Sean. no it's cool when you do it um so so did we did we i mean did we immediately start calling you japan's number one mixer after that i don't know i'd like to think so because it's a nice handle yeah you know but i can't i can't remember if we had started well right at, the, away. at the beginning of the show um it was kind of a different uh opener because uh luke would write these very involved opens that sometimes brought in movies or TV shows or stuff like that. And so Luke, you would refer to us as, you know, characters in those movies and things like that. And so Japan's number one mixer was kind of grew organically as the favorite title. Forgot about back when I used to actually work on this show. That was It was crazy. an amazing time. <laughs> I did that for about a week and a half. I don't remember. No, I, you did it for like two months. But you would, you I would, ran out. The problem was I ran out of conceits. Uh, yeah. Not that they, not that they, there weren't any, but I just couldn't think of any more uh, readily. And so remember I used to do themes. Like I would pretend like it was, the whole theme would be Caddyshack. And then I would 
somehow uh, create this whole like two minute intro where everything would get tied back into Caddyshack oh, in some way I need or to whatever. Listen to some of the old TBTL days. And I was listening to one today where it was Office Space, and so then so you were being like, "Yeah, we're gonna need." And then when you moved to me, you asked me how many pieces of flair yeah. I had. Oh. And then when you moved to Sean, you told him you were moving his desk to the basement. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, that was great. Oh, the man. good old days when this show was good. <laughs> well, anyway, um, Japan loved it. Yes, it was huge in Japan, and in fact, one of the things that we really took a lot of, I think, comfort in and also a certain amount of uh, inspiration from was the fact that we realized that uh, because of the time difference, we were actually a morning show in Japan. Because they were streaming it live on the radio station. Right. And so, you know, uh, 7 to 10 uh, at night in Seattle was uh, the morning in Japan. And so we figured there can't be that much competition. There can't be that many English radio uh, English language radio shows that are being beamed in Japan on the internet um, in this fashion, uh, who are as obsessed with Japan as we were. Because, of course, that was where one of the few people who emailed us was from. And so we started, we just figured it was safe, it was a safe bet to say we were probably Japan's number one morning show. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was a title that we carried around very proudly uh, for about, I think, uh, a week. Two weeks? Uh, a couple weeks. A couple we mentioned weeks. it every night. <laughs> and uh, that was until we got a, another email from Michael. Michael, our good buddy in Tokyo, who it would have been nice if he would have told us that we're actually not Tokyo's number one English-speaking morning show. Michael is dream shatterers. Yeah, exactly. Because the thing is, we've been saying we're Japan's number one English-speaking morning show, but in fact, we just found out... This afternoon that we are not even on in the mornings in we're Japan. We're more of a midday show. Yeah, we're more of a 12 to 3. <laughs> we're more of Japan's number 7, number 8, 12 to 3 English-speaking show. So Michael emails in, Jen, yes, I debated whether to tell you sooner about the time difference. <laughs> Please accept my, my humblest apologies. Then there's some Japanese that I don't understand. And then in English, he writes, 1,000 pardons. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> so that was, uh, that, that really ushered in, I think, one of uh, two. Uh, well, it actually ushered in, I guess, two trends. One was the listeners trying to protect, protect our feelings by not correcting us on trend number two, which is us being factually wrong about things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like for those who thought, oh, they're just kind of, you know, they're they're just getting their stride. They're just figuring out how to do this. Uh, they'll stop making those kinds of simple errors. Now we've hit our stride and we're riding yeah. it. And we're still almost always wrong about everything. <laughs> and the listeners are still trying to tell us in the way that seems uh, the least judgmental. Yeah. We're always wrong some of the time. Yes. That's uh, <laughs> we're putting that on our uh, business cards. <laughs> Always wrong some of the time. So, I, I mean, do you think – am I overstating it, Jen, to say that we owe the nation of Japan a pretty huge debt for kind of giving us a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about and also just a sense – and I'm not saying this to just uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, exaggerate or anything, but a sense that like, oh, people are hearing this. This is a real thing, and this might actually survive the month. Yeah, it was the very first sense that we had that there was a community of people somewhere – not Seattle, that were into the show. And also just at the beginning of the show, very coincidentally, we had a bunch of things that were Japanese-themed going on. We had this mystery where we were trying to find this girl that was on the Internet who was doing all these videos, and she was Japanese, seeming to be. 
And oh, then Maria. And then yeah, and Maria. Yeah. Oh, that was. And we did the dark, um, Karate dark, Kid, Why It Matters. And we just had a bunch of stuff going on that was from Japan or Japanese themed or stuff like that. And it and it coincided with feeling like there was this community of people in Tokyo that were into the show, which was very exciting when there didn't seem to be anyone else into the show. Mm-hmm. And don't and don't forget, you guys, the time that uh, Godzilla actually attacked Cairo. Yeah. You remember that, di- God, that, that night? That was crazy. I mean, we, you know, we weren't we didn't talk about it then. Yeah. The good news is we still didn't break format. Yeah. We continued. <laughs> Mothra was, was. We continued to awful. just talk about, um, you know, uh, how I got the stink eye from a guy at the poker room. Right. <laughs> right. Because that was TBTL's mission. So no Godzilla talk. Luke no and Mothra. Jen argue about white V-neck t-shirts. No matter what the news is, doesn't matter. Suck it, Rod Arquette. <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's one of the leading afternoon hosts on uh, Family Talk am in uh, salt lake city so i shouldn't say anything bad about him um but uh but but uh, sean would you say that like this show was the first time you had worked on a program where there would be a weird connection to a place like japan oh for sure yeah or any place in the world really i mean any place outside of seattle (laughs) any place outside of seattle i've never worked on a show where where i knew for a fact you know that we had like listeners in japan that were actually digging it yeah you know and that wrote in and said hey sagoi Right. That was a very big one for us. Yeah. And still to this day when I see – because there's actually a, a brand of running apparel called Sagoy. Oh, really? And every time I see that, I think I'm, – I'm taken back to the early days of TBTL. Another thing that – where we got lucky and where we were able to intersect with this sort of like globalism is that w- you know we were a radio show at the time when the internet was everywhere and everyone had high speed by that time. And so it actually – it wasn't that crazy that somebody would be listening across the globe, but it was a really cool new sort of feature of our show because uh, in the olden days, think about it, people – I mean streaming audio alone. I remember the first like time I went on the internet, it was Netscape. I remember Netscape. And there was a video camera that was supposedly monitoring Red Square at the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. And it was just a photo and then about every 45 seconds, a new photo would load and the photo would take probably 30 seconds to load. Right. And that was the internet, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago. By the time we got on the scene with TBTL, we were really lucky in that the technology allowed for people all over the world and particularly in places like Japan to check it out. Mm -hmm. So I think that really helped in our sort of success. And I put that in quotes. Don't put that in quotes. How dare you? (laughs) That is really mean. Are you just saying that because we're doing the show from our basement and we just got done begging the listeners for money two weeks ago? I didn't. Is that that why you think our success is is mixed? No, I didn't want to sound like too much of a doucher. (laughs) So I wanted to, you know, you know, harness my chi. Yeah, that's good. Um, Fine. We're out of quotes. So anyway, that's uh, that's I just wanted to at the top here kind of acknowledge that. that we really do owe a uh, we owe a big debt to the nation of Japan, and we're thinking about them. And uh, and I heard somebody say something today on the radio, on uh, on a segment on on the NPR station, which was produced by Vanessa, which is why it was good. Um, where where a person called in and said, "Look, I used to live in Japan, and I have to say they were now back in the Northwest." They said, "If there's one place I would have to go through something like this, if I had to pick a place, and of course you would never voluntarily have to deal with this," she said. It would be Japan. She was like, these people are the kindest people I've ever met. And, I mean, the stories of the kind of heroism and the sacrifice that people are are um, are showing there and just everybody sort of taking care of everybody else. There's no looting, really, to speak of. Um, 
there are people that are in dangerous areas who won't leave because they're like nurses and they just are staying at the hospital to help people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, uh, I guess if it's, you know, if there's one group of people I think that can kind of make it through something like this, I know it's not the Americans. Let's start with it's not Americans. <laughs> Canadians, <laughs> unlikely. But uh, the Japanese are, I think, uniquely set up to sort of uh, take care of each other and think about, you know, one another. There was a study that this uh, professor did. We talked to him on the radio show where he studied Japanese kids versus American kids. Uh, bad news, Americans. Your kids are dicks. <laughs> but the Japanese kids uh, were were great. And, and the reason American kids didn't do stuff that was bad was because they thought someone was watching them mm-hmm. and or they thought they were going to get in trouble. And the Japanese kids were like, well, it'd be really bad for my classmates if I if I stole the, you know, the chocolate chip cookie money or whatever. Right. So. There's a real culture there, as I understand. I haven't been to Japan, which um, is a when I uh, when I got to host that show for NPR, the Bryant Park Project. Right before that, I'd gotten a job as a reporter, and when I got that job, they said, "Hey, the good news about getting this gig is we're going to send you to Japan in a month, cool, and you're going to be in Japan for like a month reporting." And I was so pumped. And then I got this other job, and I was almost considering not taking the other job because I knew it was going to mean I couldn't go to Japan, but. Even though I haven't been to Japan, my impression is that uh, this is a nation full of really kind, really selfless people. And so anyway, we're, we're of course, thinking the uh, very best for them. And if you're trying to think about something to do, I mean, I know you've already seen this flashed out there a million times. But maybe it was like Ryan Seacrest saying it so you didn't give a shit, which is reasonable. Um, but you can text Red Cross to the number 90999, and that's going to take 10 bucks out of your cell phone account and put it uh, towards uh, helping things in Japan. So. Um, let's see. Time for a music break. Um, this is a band called Happy End. This is a song called uh, Kaze wo Atsumate. Um, that was pretty good. Is it the only uh, Japanese song in my iTunes? Sure. Is it because it's on the Lost in Translation <laughs> soundtrack? Whatever. Stop judging me. It's still hella good. Uh, we're going to play it and we're going to come back uh, and bring you uh, the TBTL players. And um, some other uh, reflections on uh, on uh, what we love about Japan as we continue our love letter to Nippon country. Back with more TBTL in just one moment. Stay. 
Welcome back to TBTL. This is the uh, show that's probably too beautiful to live. Uh, today we are uh, sending a TBTLogram to uh, the nation of Japan. Um, we're not uh, prepared or qualified to really weigh in on anything having to do with uh, iodine pills or uh, radiation exposure or uh, earthquake preparedness or tsunami uh, you know, um, safety. But what we can do is talk about how friggin' awesome Japan is, and uh, maybe send a little uh, positivity out there into the uh, into the universe, and uh, also just let our Japanese tens know that we're uh, we're thinking about them. Um, so, uh, uh, also, by the way, a, a quick uh, a quick break to mention that the uh, official sponsor of TBTL is Chateau Saint Michel. They're uh, a wonderful winery located in Woodenville, Washington. They are, in fact, Sugoi, and. Um, they uh, they can be found on the internet if you go to tbtl.net and then you go to the right side of the page. There's a button that will connect you to them. Uh, also, if you're having dinner at a restaurant and you look down the menu and you're trying to figure out what am I going to have a glass or bottle of, um, you might find Chateau Saint Michel on the menu and uh, you're sure to be pleased uh, with uh, with that. Also, they're going to be at the Taste Washington coming up in uh, two weeks at the uh, Questville, uh, Questfield Event Center. Sean, were you at the uh, Taste Washington two, three years ago? Uh, the I, one that uh, got me officially banned from Taste Washington? <laughs> I don't know if I was there uh, then, but I was definitely there last year for it. How did it go? Did you follow the good advice mm-hmm. of many uh, people who know from wine, which is you don't have to swallow it all? No. You could spit some out. You swallowed. I swallowed. Every, I, hey, I'm going to just be up front. I swallow. And did it end up uh, getting you in trouble or did you make it through? No, I made it through. I mean, well, that's I good. definitely got a little bit uh, uh, T&E. T&E, you know, yeah. but uh, it was definitely a good time. I did not get kicked out. Well, that's good. That makes one of us. Um, anyway, uh, I would just tell everybody uh, when you go to Taste Washington, make sure you check out the Chateau Saint-Michel booth because they've got this very cool top secret thing that they're rolling out there. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, it's going to be really fun. And, uh, just like the whole thing, Taste Washington is really a blast. And someday if I'm allowed back in, I'd like to, um, I'd like to share that time with you. I'd like to spend a Sunday with all of you, and but right now legally I'm prohibited. By the way, Washington, <laughs> Washington tastes great. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Chateau San Michelle, the official wine sponsor of uh, TBTL, because if there's one thing uh, we are official about, it is our vino, dude. Um... <laughs> All right, one of the uh one of the things that uh that we're uh, excited about here to uh to present uh to you uh, today as a part of our uh, our love letter to Japan uh is um is a little performance by the TBTL players. Um now there uh, have been many excellent cartoon productions that have been brought to us from Japan. In fact, most of the cartoons that we watched as kids were, I'm sure, animated in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like Transformers? Sure. I'm sure G.I. Joe was drawn in Japan because, of course, they have the same energy crystals in G.I. Joe as they have in Transformers. Those, ener- <laughs> those gleaming energy cubes, which even as a small, uh-huh. small person, I was like, wait a minute. Were you too lazy to draw different energy cubes? All right. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I, I remember being a, a young kid 
and seeing Star Blazers. It was on really early. I remember being on at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning. And that like ship, which was very nautical, sailing through space and just thinking, man, this is totally bad A. I've never seen that show. You never saw Star Blazers? I don't think so. How about you, Flash? Were you a Star Blazers fan? I was a huge Star Blazers fan. It was one of the um, few cartoons that had a continuing story. I've often expressed my love for soap operas. Mm. And it really was a soap opera in space. I mean, they were, you know, it, it, the, the plot actually advanced because they were on this mission. Um, I was a little bit, you're a couple years older than me, Jen. So I was not, I was mostly just like, you know, enthralled with any cartoon. I wasn't necessarily following plot. You were probably just getting to be the age where you could kind of like really follow this kind of thing and get into the fact that the plot, there was a larger arc to it all. Mm -hmm. But I think Star Blazers was important because I think it, I think it was really popular, at least with, I know a lot of our listeners have told me that they like love, people have suggested Star Blazers, like why Star Blazers matters and stuff like that. So I think Star Blazers was important because it kind of, it sort of, it got a, it got a, like a toehold in, uh, because let's be honest, Speed Racer had ruined it because that shit was terrifying. (laughs) I mean, well, he was a demon. That was demon on wheels. The zooms, like the extreme, like, you know, like how they would zoom in on Speed Racer's uh-huh. face as uh-huh. someone would be about to crash into him. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> like the scariest shit you will ever see in your life as a child. <laughs> so after Speed Racer, I think we as a nation said, all right, Japanese animation, <laughs> we're going to take a wait and see approach. And uh, and and thankfully, Star Blazers was there uh, to. uh to kind of, uh, you know, normalize relations between the children of America and the Japanese animation industry. So anyway, we've managed to get them in here. Again, I hope you guys um, I hope you guys feel this was worth it because this is the entire TBTL-a-thon budget right here. Mm-hmm. We blew it on the TBTL players so that we could get all of them in here to uh, bring you uh, this selection from our Star Blazers. <laughs> In the year 2199, Earth was under severe attack from the mysterious planet Gamelon. Gamelon bombs covered Earth in a radioactive pollution. As a result, Earth will be unlivable in one year's time. But on planet Iskandar, there is a machine that can remove the radioactivity. Queen Starsha offers it to the people of Earth. A team of star blazers undertakes the perilous journey. Nighttime. Nova stands alone on a balcony of the ship when Wildstar approaches her. Nova, what are you doing standing here all alone? Why can't you see? I was making a wish. To whom? To one of those three stars of Voltron. The wishing star of Voltron. So far away. I wonder if it really has the power to grant wishes. Wishing on a faraway hunk of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen? How can you think things like that? It's very unscientific, Nova. But tell me, what did you wish? It's a secret. I think I know. You wished for the success of the Star Force. Wrong. Huh? The future of the human race? You're all wrong.
Well, then, what did you wish? <laughs> hey! They hear a crash and run to the flight deck. What's going on? What's wrong? What is that? <gasps> Space net! Huh? What? It's a net. A powerful electromagnetic net stretched out in space between the Voltron stars. The shock we felt a while ago was because we're caught in a space net. If we don't get out of it, we'll come to a complete stop in three minutes. We're in big trouble. We better tell the captain. We're off to outer space. We're leaving Mother Earth to save the human race. Our star blazers. Searching for a distant star, heading off to Iskandar. Leaving all we love behind, who knows what dangers we'll find. We must be strong and brave. If we don't, in just one year, Mother Earth will disappear. With the there they are, the TBTL players, ladies and gentlemen. The amazing work of the TBTL players. It really took us there. Um, you know, it's interesting, Flash, as I was listening to the TBTL, and whatever we're paying them, by the way. It's not enough. By the way, thanks for not donating enough to the TBTL-a-thon because <laughs> we should have given them double the amount that we did because it's incredible what they're able to accomplish. But as I was listening to that, whoa, they're <laughs> still <back>. singing. <laughs> All right, time to go home. Star Blazers Chorus, thank you. It's been great. Uh, we've got some coffee upstairs if you want it. Watch that first step. It's a doozy. John, can you, can you walk the uh, Star Blazers Chorus out of here, please? Sure, yes. Um, I was noticing as I was listening to that and not performing it, because that's the TVTL players. Uh, it, as a kid, though, really was a fairly ominous thing because you're right, Jen, they had one year. And so, you know, whereas Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrify the neighborhood. It's like, uh, what's going to happen? You know, like uh, you're not going to find the, the, the fish skeleton and you're not going to look in the right garbage can or, you know, you're not going to like hassle the butcher or whatever. Like the stakes weren't very high with with a cartoon like Heathcliff, mm -hmm. but with Star Blazers, I mean, even the tone of that song, it's a lot of like minor notes. Mm -hmm. It just the whole thing feels really. It's pretty heavy duty, actually. I never realized that. Definitely, and the, um, even think about like the words that they use. You know, it was a pretty really big vocabulary, and they had all sorts of different themes about honor and about having um, honorable enemies, mm -hmm. and they would have funerals. For, you know, people would die. Like, it was definitely um, a way more mature. It was more mature than, for instance, the Smurfs. <laughs> Which is the cartoon that I always point to as being the one that as soon as you reach any kind of level of engaging plot, you mm -hmm. realize that it's not going anywhere. Nothing is changing in the basic outline of that. That's situation. a Smurfing lie. <laughs> <laughs> Smurf you. Um, the Smurfs... E again, even as a young person, I wondered, is Papa Smurf the dad meaning did he – Right. Is he – are Smur these all his children? Did he have sex? Who with the Smurfette? You would hope – What was going on with Smurfette? You would hope Why it was, was Smurfette. Also, early, female? early uh, sexual attraction to a cartoon. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Heathcliff, I was very attracted to Riff Raff's girlfriend, Sonia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very sexually aroused by her as a kid. And then also – 
uh, by um, by Smurfette. I particularly enjoyed the uh, the uh, illustration curvations of Shira. Oh, the see, of power. you wanted to be dominated mm. by the Princess of Power. <laughs> Sometimes I did. Hey, you know, somebody emailed us the other day and said that their like aunt or something was the voice of Jem. Really. As in, as in, Jem is truly outrageous, as, truly, truly, truly outrageous. As in, Jem and the holograms. Yes. Yeah. Uh, were you a Jem fan, Flash? Yes, I was. I was one of the few straight-ish <laughs> men in America, probably, who grew up loving Jem. Man, Jem is my name. No one else is the same. Jem. <laughs> I've asked this question before of you guys on the show. You'll probably get it right away, Flash. The power. That allowed Jerrica to turn into Jim? I don't remember. Synergy. Synergy. (laughs) Her earrings had this power. It was like synergy. And it allowed her to turn from Jerrica. Uh Like was it Jerrica O'Neill or something? Who was she just like a a journalist? That's always the job or fashion person. I don't know what her day job was. But then she would turn into Jim thanks to the power of synergy. I never watched Jim. Because you're not gay. (laughs) Like I was as a kid. I dabbled. <clears throat> what was your big cartoon, Shawnee? Um, my my big cartoons were uh, He-Man, definitely, and mm-hmm. uh, Thunder, 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 Thunder Cats. I really enjoyed that show. I love Thundercats, but Thundercats and Silverhawks were the same exact cartoon. They just – one was Hawks and one were, one were Cats, right? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never really watched Silverhawks. <gasps> Blasphemy! I Oh, yeah, The Misfits. This is like a really good song. The Misfits. I love that. We are The Misfits. Our songs are better. Oh, my God. Listen up, Seattle bands. You need to cover that song because I was just dancing in my seat. I was seat dancing. I was bobbing my head back and forth, left and right. I love that song. You know what? Particularly if there's a band in Seattle that has a lady lead singer. Not that a dude couldn't sing it, yeah. but you know, it's it's from the perspective of a female. Yeah. So if you were if you're a ba- in a band and you're uh, have a girl singer or anybody in the band is a lady and she wants to do the encore number as the theme from Jim, do it. That would. Uh, that would be pretty uh, pretty rad. And then you have to have another band that thinks they're better than you. Yeah, the, play misfits. the misfits. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a long, a little, uh, bird, bird walk. What did Mr. Bame used to call it, Jen? Did you ever have Mr. Bame? Yeah. A, a rabbit trail. I think I, I, th- I thought did him, he have another one? I think he used to call him bird walks. So he said at the beginning, like the first day of class, he was the science teacher. Although I put science in quotes. I, would, I was just going to say, put that in quotes. Because later I learned that it's unlikely the earth is actually 6,000 years old. So that's that w- also unlikely he went to college. <laughs> That too, but that um, that I remember the first day him saying, "I uh, I tend to go on little bird walks," meaning that he would get distracted, and so then 
for the rest of the time he was my science teacher, my goal in life was to get him onto bird walks because when he would go down one of these things, then he wouldn't be talking about the material. And then at the end of class, he'd go, oh, you know what? I didn't get a chance to tell you about um, phylums. So uh, we'll just pick that up tomorrow. No homework tonight. I always love that. When teachers would do that. Yeah. It was yeah. like a huge goal for everyone in the class to try to get him as distracted as possible. So, uh, by the way, that's why my knowledge of science is limited at best. Thanks, Jesus Creek. Um, are are we, you going on a bird walk? Oh, we went on one. Right. We went on a bird walk. It was a right. nice okay. walk. Although I'll tell you, this whole show, I don't mean just this episode, mm-hmm. but the show in general could be described, I think, as a bird walk. Hey, Flash, we, um, we had some people put comments up on the website because you put up a, a post about – uh, the fact that today was going to be a little bit of a TB telegram uh, to the uh, nation of Japan. And some people uh, commented. Actually, there are like 19 comments I see right now. And um, also people have been emailing us. Do you have uh, a compendium of uh, of a couple of the uh, things uh, that people wanted to say about Japan? I picked a few. Okay. There's a lot on there. So I'm yeah. sorry if I don't read yours. Yeah. Um, Jen in Mad Valley mentioned soba noodles and tamari. Mm-hmm. Lan J mentioned Hello Kitty, Iron Chef, and my Honda. <laughs> Michael in Maine said uh, Zen Buddhism and the novels of Haruki Murakami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Vanessa loves him. Norwegian Wood. I don't know that one. Yeah, he's um, people love Murakami. There's also an artist named Murakami who does really cool stuff. Although a lot of it is characters ejaculating a giant stream that then goes around them and is made out of some kind of a resin. Like it's less gross than no, you know what? It is as gross as it sounds, but they're still really interesting. Uh, Diobi said Giga Putty, which is apparently little kids playing with huge vats of pudding. Wait, is that, which a, does is that sound a, pretty amazing? Is that a video or is that? Yeah, I think it's a show. Is, is that it, like kittens and bowls? Have you it, seen kittens and bowls? Is it legal? <laughs> Here's what. Here's Giga Putty. I think my brain's going to explode. It's a bunch of, uh, like, little, I think maybe... It's the cutest thing I've ever heard. It really is a bunch of kids. They have a giant, like, giant thing of pudding in the middle of the table. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a birthday, a pudding birthday cake flan love child, <laughs> and they're just eating it. And if they aren't enjoying the hell out of it, they are the cutest. One kid's got a little beanie on, and you've got the cute animation to go with it. Who who recommended that flash? Do you remember? Uh, it's a commenter by the name of Diobi. Man, Diobi, great pretty, job. Pretty, pretty, Seattle bands. Cover this song. I'm telling you. All right. Hey, thanks. You guys have been great. We got two more songs for you. Giga Putty and the intro song to Gem. I love it. Dude. It's going to be a tough act to follow. The next recommendation better be bitchin'. 
Um, another one I wrote down was from Bruce and Lake Stevens, who wanted to mention the films of Kurosawa and mm. Miyazaki. Okay. And then also a Japanese band called Seagull Screaming Kisser Kisser, which is his favorite Japanese band. All right. Well, we're going to have to look that up, aren't we? Seagull <laughs> Screaming. Now, we know that Bruce was once in the seminal Northwest punk band Against the Grain, <laughs> also known as ATG. Mm-hmm. So something tells me Seagull Screaming Kisser Kisser <laughs> is, uh, is going to be against the grain of me enjoying music. But we'll hear. This is future or no future. Seagull screaming, kiss her, kiss her. I don't think it's done. Right, maybe it is. <laughs> Just taking a break? That was it. That was That's the whole good. song. 49 oh, wow. seconds. Future, no future. Pretty good. It sounded a little bit like uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, actually, I kind of liked it. I feel like that's the band that the one guy in Lost in Translation who's talking to Bill Murray and he goes, yeah, I've just been surfing. <laughs> I feel like he was listening to a lot of seagull screaming, kiss her, kiss her. Uh, anything else that is a sugoi from Japan as far as our listeners are concerned, Flash? Um, and then I just wanted to mention there was a letter from John who's from Japan. And mm. he said, um, thanks for the love letter to Japan. It's pretty thoughtful. I have an English-speaking aunt and uncle who are there. They are safe but weary of all that is going on. So a love letter to them will be perfect. Okay, good. Um, I doubt they'll ever hear this because <laughs> I'm sure John We just will... established how huge we are in Tokyo. Let's stick with that. Mm-hmm. All right, good. You're right. You know what? It's all about consistency of message. Yes. <laughs> That's a, a problem that I've uh, that I've struggled with. Well, uh, do we have any um, uh, reasons why we think uh, Japan is uh, sugoi here as we uh, we move into the, uh, the 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 latter stages of uh, today's love letter to Japan? Uh, Jen, do you have any? Uh, do you have any? I do. Thoughts? I have a few. Okay. Because as I've you know grown older, my tastes have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because when I was twelve, there was nothing better in my whole life than Super Mario Brothers. Yes, great point. And I actually still, if I, if I would were to run across the Super Mario Brothers, I would be pretty excited, even to this day. You mean in real life? Because if that happens, you better run. <laughs> Something's gone very wrong. <laughs> There's then, a fireball um, right behind say... me. You need to jump right now. I'm not kidding. It <laughs> right will now. shrink you into a tiny person. And if you're already small, you're fucked. <laughs> And then um, when I was in college, I have to say that Top Ramen by the Nissan Food Company yes. saved my life almost daily. Although I would say now, for all of uh, our tens who are, are, are watching their weight, y'all better recognize how many calories. Now, in college, it's great because you're not eating enough. You don't have enough money to actually eat. So you need all the calories you can get. But if you as an adult are polishing off a cup of noodle as just like a warm-up to your dinner, <laughs> think again. That's the- I just remember that that little package 
So you'd put in the square, the big square of the noodles, and then you would add the little package of um, flavor crystals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know what was in there, but it was... Magic and miracles. I still can taste that taste. Like, I crave it sometimes. Oh, you know, we we used to eat the top ramen dry. Really? Which is totally disgusting now that I think of it, now that I say it as an adult. I mean, you just nod it off the block? I mean, we would also have it hot, me and my friend James DeMuth. But we would... But sometimes... Somehow I got convinced into thinking the real, like... The real treat way to have it was to just eat it in its crunchy form. How was that? Awful. But I think I was trying to fit in. Yeah. It's the same principle <laughs> that caused me to smoke weed on Duck Island and go, this is good weed, even though I didn't know how to inhale and I was have never been less high in my life. <laughs> but um, dry ramen noodles is an odd peer pressure. I mean, there was no after school special about that. Well, yeah. had there been, I would have been able Come to stand on, up to the yeah, pressure you had from, no warning. from Everyone's James DeMuth. James DeMuth's other it. favorite thing was whenever I'd say, I got to go, dude. I got to go home. He would say, let's play store. Uh, how does store work? He's like, you get to pick something in my room and then you can keep it. What? I was like, all right, that's a pretty good game. And he'd go, except nothing on that side and nothing on that side. And it has to be below this bunk. And then I'd be like, and then he'd have his pants off for some reason. Yeah. That was the weird part. Then it would just end up being like, there would be three crappy things in his room that he didn't want anyway. And then I go, okay, uh, fine. How about that? And he'd go, no, no, not that either. (laughs) That was when that was actually good for me though because I learned early on that if if there's something that sounded too good to be true, it probably was right. Yeah, and yeah. you know, kids making up games with weird names in my experience <laughs> always ends up to be some weird, sometimes private touching, private touching sort of. Yeah, because all of the deal. normal games already had names, right? Yeah, I mean, like kickball. There's a. That's a regular it's game. It's got a name. Let's play, Wiffle ball. Let's play lay down and close your eyes. And, right. You know, I'll go get the milk. I yeah, mean, right. what does that mean? Wrestle time? That's not going to end well. No. Um, all right, Jen, anything – before this uh, before this gets any more awesome, before this gets any more Segoy out here in Seattle, do you have anything else that you want to uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, in, yeah, in I just wanted to mention two super hot guys oh, that sure. I've been in love with for a really long time. Okay. And I'm thankful to Japan for. Okay. And the first is Ichiro. Ooh, okay. I love him so. I love him also. You know, there's the new round of Mariners commercials are out, and I'm just going to say it. They're not nearly as good as they used to be because friend of TBTL Ben Steele used to write them all when they were hilarious, and he is long ago stopped. And so mm, they're, they're aight, but Ichiro actually speaks in one of them this year. I've never heard uh-huh. his actual human voice. Right. So that's kind of cool. He is hot. He's a hottie. Hottie toddy with a naughty body. But my very, very favorite is Ken Watanabe, and he was in – recently he was in Inception, but he was the really studly guy in Last Samurai, that movie that Tom Cruise made that a lot of people didn't see. But he was like the guru, and he was super, super hot, and I love, love him. He was the second to Last Samurai in that movie, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, if we're on the Watanabe tip, we can't not talk about Getty Watanabe. No. No more Yankee, my wanky. <laughs> what? Long Duck Dong from uh, from uh, Pretty in Pink. Ah, 16 no. Candles. So I always mix up Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles. Do you think at any point when they were making the second one of those movies, they were like, didn't we just make this? No. Isn't Molly Ringwald in both of them? Yeah. Isn't, aren't they both? Isn't She's she, also in Breakfast Club, but they're totally different. But isn't she the star of 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink? 16 Candles, right? It's her birthday, and no one says happy birthday to her all day. Or her, her parents st- forgot it. 
And Pretty in Pink, she's a 16-year-old girl who's having a wild day. You don't see the similarities? No, that's not true. Pretty in Pink, she's the girl from the wrong side of the tracks who falls in love with the rich, most popular boy. Are you thinking of Some Kind of Wonderful? No. Or she's a drummer? No, Some Kind of Wonderful and Pretty in Pink are very similar. They're just switched genders. Man, what's that? What's that song they play at the end of Some Kind of Wonderful? Can't help falling in love. Yeah, what, I love that. But that what's that British version? And like, I yeah, can't it's so good. I saw that in the theater. I used to never be allowed to. You uh, can't help falling in love. Some kind of. Um, let's see. Ooh, oh yeah, lick the tins. Whatever happened to lick the tins? I guess everyone realized the name of the band was Lick the Tins. <laughs> and then they were like, I remember being in the movie theater and hearing this as he's, they're walking down the road, the final shot of the movie. But he gives it the earrings. Yeah, right. And then after that, they're just like, I, I feel like my memory is they're walking down the road together, out yeah, away, away from, from the, the camera. camera. And this little like pan flute comes in. I was like, this is the best ever. Oh, and I was right. It is the best ever. Kind of sounds a little Japanese. Uh-huh. That might be racist. All right, if you haven't listened to that song in a long time, when this show's over, you need to go to iTunes and buy Lick the Tins, Can't Help Falling in Love. Um, all right, so uh, Ichiro, sexy, also Watanabe, sexy. Getty Watanabe, yeah. maybe less sexy, but no less memorable. From, Although, um, he really is a, really an amazingly cool guy. Yes. You know, he's, he's born in America. His mom yes. was actually interned in America at, at, in the internment camps in, oh, in thought, World War II. I meant she, just, she like, worked at IBM and wasn't paid. Internment. <laughs> internment. Yeah, right. And, uh, and he uh, basically, they, they just said, you know, it was... The Long Dark Dawn character wasn't even from a country. It was just like Asian. Right. So he basically he he basically used an accent of a Korean friend of his. And and he said that he's kind of his whole life now he kind of struggles with it because he's had people come up to him who are Asian and say, you know, like, how could you have done that? You really made it harder for all of us. But then he also has so many people come up to him and say, you know, it was so funny. And he's like, I was just trying to make people laugh. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I wasn't trying to like put down any nationality and he said and i still think it's really funny but i also feel bad that people felt hurt by it so he, it kind of dogged him a little bit he also grew up in ogden utah so that right away i mean he probably didn't have any non-asian stereotypes to look at in ogden utah he must have been the only asian american <laughs> yeah. person in ogden all right ogden don't email us i'm sure you have lots of people of asian uh, extraction um uh, he also of course uh, was in Gung Ho. Yeah. Wasn't Michael Keaton in that? Yeah. yeah. Um, he was uh, on, he was in UHF Ooh. as Cooney. Weird Al, I love that. And uh, he uh, was on ER for a long time. And he is gay, if I uh, if I remember. Because he, he used to go on Love Line a lot. And he's super fascinating, actually. Yeah, he's right, really Flash. funny, really, really great guy. Cooney, the host of <clears throat> Wheel of Fish. Wheel of fish. Uh, I, I just love um, Michael Richards' character. Stanley as, Spadowski. Yeah, and he's like, now you get to drink from the fire hose. And then he blows the kid away, you know. Yeah. That, I think we've said this on the show, I think, more than once. But, like, hugely underrated movie. Although, is it just guys who love that movie, Flash? I mean, do you have any appreciation so. for UHF? I, I, 
I don't think I can ever get through it. I feel like I was at several slumber parties where that was the movie, and I got bored. You know what? That's what you get for sneaking into a boy's slumber party. There's now a a gen-shaped hole in my UHF heart. (laughs) Boy, it's just so much going on in that sentence. As he combs his beard, Jen, he said those words, and he's just like – he's combing his beard like, like a Robert De Niro film. From the like seventies, dude, I love. Like this is what he's gonna, his character's gonna do right before he like stabs an ice pick in my eye. Do you like my big giant pinky ring that has a like twelve diamond carrot? I'll call it unsettling. Uh, Anything else, Jen, that you want to uh, say is Segoy about Japan? Um, those were, I don't want to steal from you guys. Okay, I could go on and on about my first car. Mine was mine was lick the tins. So, um, it's <laughs> not from Japan. I was on a bird walk. Uh, Sean, anything about Japan that you are a, uh, that you're a big fan of that you, that you, that you want to thank the, the nation of Japan for helping provide in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things. Um, something from my childhood, if I could mention, uh, data from the Goonies, I believe he was from Japan. You remember that guy who had all the crazy inventions? Jen ruling. I, I don't think he's from Japan, but maybe. Well, well, if he's not, uh, then I take it back. But uh, I, <laughs> I'm got, that's the better answer than whatever Asian. <laughs> uh, actually, look, uh, I'm going to look this up. I'm doing it right now. I'm on the plot because I just love how you know innocent the dude was he tried to make all these crazy inventions and then at the end of the film you see everyone's parents when they get you know rescued from the giant uh from inside the cave and and Mm -hmm. on the pirate ship and then you meet his parents and his dad has this crazy camera he's pretty asian looking jen he's asian i I understand that i know that he's asian are you positive richard data (laughs) wong okay so he's probably chinese american because wong is a a chinese last name all right but maybe but you know what if sean's takeaway from it was a little bit more appreciation for the nation of japan so what well i'll tell you what maybe misplaced but it's still ultimately props to japan i got i got i have a couple of others um haiku i'm i've always been a huge fan of that's actually russian If you remember, we uh, I, I wrote some haikus for TBTL back in the day. I still have yeah. those written down in one of my notebooks at home. One of them was about stalactites and stalagmites, if you mm-hmm. might remember. Um, haiku, Who can forget? You know, um, just the other day I was uh, doing some introing live of a talk show, and I read a haiku to be creative, introducing the show back to its best of form. Yeah. And so I did a haiku. And also um, – Hentai. I don't watch a lot of hentai, Japanese uh, cartoon porno. <laughs> but you just want to, you just want to appreciate it. I want to appreciate it. I want to appreciate it all night long. All right, all right, all right. That's so, about um, enough out of you. I knew, I knew that three was going to be one too many. <laughs> like two, that sounds right. Three, I've uh, got a bad feeling about that. Um, and Jonathan Kwan is Vietnamese. Just to, all right, all right, all right, all right. Whatever. All right. Well, I guess I'm wrong ever, everywhere today. <laughs> I was on a bird walk. I should have known that. You know what? Actually, one would have been good. Three was two too much. No. Um, on the subject of haiku, though, if we could return to that for one moment, I think it's interesting that didn't we all learn haiku at a very young age? It's an mm-hmm. interesting thing that it was so important for teachers to teach it to us because mm-hmm. it's fairly obscure. Like you don't learn buto dancing, mm-hmm. which is a, like a very ancient Japanese form of like performance dance where you move incredibly slowly. Right. You don't learn kabuki. There's a lot of things about Japan you don't learn. But for some reason, everyone learns haiku in like third grade. Doesn't that seem weirdly specific? 
I think it's because there's such specific rules to it. I think that's why it's a good thing to teach kids because you can grasp the rules of how it works. It's like iambic pentameter. You know, you can grasp it so quickly. Mm, I guess if I knew what that was. <laughs> how Shakespeare writes. Oh, fancy. I see. Um, I just uh, I loved haiku when I was a kid. And it just seems like an interesting thing for the um, educational, uh, you know, administrators of America to decide jointly. We've got to really get this haiku going <laughs> yeah. with the children of America. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, my uh, my appreciation of uh, Japan. Well, things that I think are sagoi from Japan are this is going to sound a little bit a little bit general, but right now the Zen thought up at the uh, TBTL site is. Generalizing with abandon since 2008, so I feel okay doing this. One thing that Sagoi is all of the Japanese exchange students that I ever knew in middle school and high school, they always had the most awesome style. I don't know where they were getting it from. I mean, Japan probably. They were always like just really fashion forward. There was a guy named Mercury Low. Really? Do you remember Mercury Low? You were probably a little bit a little bit ahead of uh, Mercury I, Low. I do though. I do remember. And he just had like the the bizarre getups, but it was actually really good for me to see. I mean, they weren't bizarre; they were just in style. I just had terrible style, and so it looked weird to me. And no one at Jesus Creek had any style, so it was like the exchange students, these girls, they would just have these getups on, and I thought that was very cool. That was really like kind of inspiring for me. I was like, okay, I, I started to come around on that look. And the whole idea of the Harajuku girls is. Oh, really yeah. awesome, you know? Yeah. Like that whole being so forward in their style, yeah. it's very Well, cool. I think it was somebody from the Beastie Boys said everything in Japan is either 10 years behind us or 10 years ahead of us. <laughs> so it's either something that we were like, oh, I forgot we used to have that, or it's like, what on earth is that? They're like, you haven't invented it yet. Uh, talk to us in 10 years. Mm -hmm. But that's the kind of thing about Japan. They seem to be perpetually either a little ahead of us or else kind of going back and grabbing something nostalgically from our past. The other thing that I love, I love, I love Japanese pop music. I absolutely adore it. I love uh, Chibamata. I love Shonen Knife. Mm -hmm. I love, uh, I love um, pop music that's uh, in English that's written by Japanese bands. And in particular, Shonen Knife, I love. They have so many uh, great songs. Um, I am going to uh, just uh, favor you with, with one of them here, which is uh, – well, do you want to hear – okay, one song is called Gomi Day. Gomi Day means uh, garbage day in Japan. So they have a whole song about just you know garbage day, mm -hmm. and then they have a whole song called uh, Strawberry Cream Puff, which <laughs> might surprise you is about a strawberry cream puff. Um, I would like to hear about a strawberry cream puff. All right, here's a little shonen knife. This is one of the things I think is very sagoi from Japan. This is one of the things that's great about the language barrier is I don't think she means the stakes to be as high as they were in that last line. I was satisfied <laughs> with my life before I ate strawberry cream puff because, you know, it may not be that dire, but, uh, but she's going for it.
All right, that's a little uh, Shonen Knife. And by the way, Shonen Knife just played the tractor. They play the tractor all the time. Really? Yeah, they, I mean, they're they're not like so popular that they have played giant venues and you can't get tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very likely that if they're touring in a town near you, they're playing at a place where the cover is like five bucks uh-huh. and you'll be one of a hundred people there. So I would say uh, don't miss the chance to see, uh, to see. They might be coming to Fort Wayne, Jen. They might clear out the strip club where one of Tiger Woods' ladies usually dances and uh, just turn the whole thing over to Shonen Knife. You never know. Well, of all of the things uh, that have come from Japan that are, in fact, Sagoy, uh, I, I think that uh, we can probably agree that the, the one that uh, it seems to be, uh, at least for us, the most enduring, I would say maybe the most world-changing. Excuse me, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. The 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 Japanese innovation that has changed our personal lives probably more than uh, more than anything else uh, would have to be karaoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is absolutely this is just this is just uh, I mean, probably the, of all of the things that we me and my friends anyway, and I know you guys of all the things that we go and do karaoke has to be probably the most, uh, you know, frequent thing that we do. Um, it's always fun. Even when it's bad, it's fun. When you get to sing a lot of songs, it's fun. When there's a big line and you don't get to sing, you have to listen to someone else. It's still kind of entertaining. Karaoke is just basically the greatest thing on earth, um, as far as I'm concerned. And the thing that, uh, and I'm sure our, our listeners who've been to Japan and who happen to be like Japanese or Japanese American could give me a, uh, an even uh, more accurate description of this. But my understanding is that in Japan, it's not weird for Japanese businessmen to just go out and do karaoke with each other. Like they sit in, you know, those karaoke booths. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even the kind of thing like we do here where it's, you know, it would be weird if like five dudes in suits went and did karaoke to each other. I would be kind of actually into that if we're all wearing, you know, white button up shirts with <laughs> slim ties. Well, if a- it was us, but I mean, just like what if it was, um, you know, three people from Cairo that you kind of, what if it was three people from the sales team? <laughs> It would be a trip. It would be a trip. But Darren anyway. Cartwright and Jerry Nash were like, Brosif, <laughs> karaoke times. Anyway, um, I, I, that's one of the reasons why I would love to go to Japan. Just I want to just go on a karaoke pilgrimage to the nation of Japan. Um, and so anyway, we were, I guess we were thinking we'd probably try to end the show um, with a little uh, a little karaoke number. Um, although Sean, I think you're going to have to come over here because you can't really see the lyrics. Okay. Now, 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 Jen, this is um, uh, this is uh, this is going to be most difficult for you for a couple of reasons. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one, you you're you might be a half a second behind. That's not a big deal. That's actually, I think, surmountable. But also, you can't see the words. I have the words. Oh, you have the words. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and I have done it at karaoke. Many, many times. <laughs> so I feel like those things are going for me, but this delay issue is is troubling. Well, do you want to practice? Can yeah. It, it would be more like Jen's sort of like a uh, backup singer almost since she'll be on delay. Yeah, but she cannot be relegated to backup no, singer. No, no, no. Have not, you ever I'm, done? I'm, no, but I'm saying, you know, we'll, I do not want to we'll never be again. forgiven. No. <laughs> Should I make my way over towards you? Well, just this is a practice run for Jen. Oh, okay. The song, by the way, is That's What Friends Are For. And I... Never thought I'd feel this way. See? Perfect. Wow. You're totally on time. Is that okay? Yeah. That was great. Are you kidding me? All right. Sean and I might not actually sing now because... That was too awesome. I thought we were going to get a competitive advantage by being 
uh, the people who didn't have a delay, right. but it, uh, that's not gonna, it's not gonna help. Ah. Jen's got it on lock. And how is my volume? It's good. I can control your volume from here. Your volume's okay. great. Everything's great. Because you know that I do get pretty loud on the big notes. I have to use a lot of breath. Hey, you do you do what what you got to do out there in Fort Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, a, 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 in the uh, sort of traditional uh, TBTL, uh, you know, closing big important shows form, uh, we thought we would uh, we'd bring it home tonight with a little uh, with a little karaoke action. Uh, uh, I don't know if you'd call this a gift to our friends in Japan or more of an annoyance. But we thought we did do. That's what friends are for. Um, uh, Jen, anything that uh, anything that uh, that we need to uh, include before we before we uh, sing this song and get the hex out of here? I think it was great. I mean, I think that that it, this song says it all. This is just our our promise to Japan that we're thinking of them and hoping for a better day. All right. So uh, so here it is uh, going out to uh, our friends in Japan. Uh, sugoi. Sugoi. And uh, we, uh, we're thinking of you. All right, let's do this. And, and I, I never, never thought, thought I'd feel this way. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad I got the chance to say. Right, we're getting this now. That I do believe I love you. We're following the person in Indiana. Ever go away? Well, then close your eyes and try feel the way we do today. And then, if you can remember, keep smiling, keep trying. Oh, and you can always count on me for sure. That's what friends are for. For good times and bad times. I'll be on your side forevermore. Take it, Jen. That's what friends are for. All right. Uh, that is what friends are for. Uh, sayonara, Japanese listeners. Um, if you uh, are trying to figure out what you can do to help out, text Red Cross to nine zero nine nine and give uh, ten bucks to Japan. It comes off your cell phone bill. Uh, thanks for uh, listening uh, to this, uh, you know, typically uh, slapdash, but hopefully still entertaining uh, production of uh, TBTL. Um, thank you, uh, also uh, Shawnee, for coming by today. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate it. And Jen, seriously, this was your idea, and you did most of the legwork of like finding stuff for the TBTL players and all that. So thank you. You did a really amazing job. And this was a big, uh, I think it was a big hit thanks to you. Awesome. And by the way, good singing. Yeah. Thank you. Eventually, was it horribly delayed? No, it wasn't delayed. It got a little in and out there, but that wasn't because oh. of you. It was it was just um, some weird technical thing. But then Sean and I let let you take the high notes and you, you, you owned it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, at the end of... Uh, at the end of the show, we usually uh, we usually like to say uh, no mountain too tall and good luck to all. But today, in honor of our uh, our Japanese friends, we'll say. Yes, indeed. Have a great weekend, everybody. When they hit karaoke at the end of the episode, it's just so perfect. For some reason, it hadn't hit me sooner.
And then the minute they said it, I thought, of course, of course, karaoke. That made absolute sense to me. Yep. Of why Japan matters. Right. That's why Japan mm. matters to TBTL. Yeah, for sure. Well, of course, this wasn't technically a why it mattered, but it sort of was. Mm-hmm. Um, Johto, what was it like, relatively unexpectedly, hearing this episode while you were there? And the closest I can come is thinking that when Luke occasionally jokes that, like, someone's on a treadmill listening to this and I'm on a treadmill and I'm just always like, whoa, mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So for me, I think I'd either just gone back to work after having, it was around a week after the earthquake. So we'd either just gone back to work after everything had started to calm down or I was about to go back to work or I was on my way in. Um, Because TBTL is still, especially now it's a morning show. It's my morning commute show. Um, And I was just on the train, you know, just putting on my TBTL, you know, not feeling great about things, feeling a little bit worried, aftershocks happening every now and again. And, um, and yeah, it just, it was, you know, it's a, as you say, it's a very gen episode. It's very kind of, but you feel this kind of warmth and, and love from everybody. And, and I was just sitting on the train and just quietly, you know, grinning to myself, maybe getting a little bit kind of damp around the eyes and, you know, um, but it really did. It really did feel great. Um, just kind of enjoying this you know and thinking about how much tbtl was thinking about the people over here in japan and looking around the train and thinking it's nice to have those thoughts and that that good feeling being sent from all the way across the pacific yeah yeah so so when there's a big snowstorm here in seattle the whole place shuts down for about a week what was it like there um because that's a huge huge thing that happened Right. So obviously with Tokyo being, was it around 90 miles, 100 miles away from from the worst of things, um, things, they shook a bit. Obviously, there were there were some checks. Um, we had to save power. That was a, that was a thing. But mm. um, the train stopped overnight. Uh, fortunately, a friend put me up for the night. And then from the morning, everything was kind of back to normal. The city was functioning. Everything was OK. Um, so Tokyo itself was fine. Now, um, I had another friend who was up in Sendai where the, the tsunami struck. Um, we, she had no phone for three, four weeks. We didn't know what happened oh, wow. to her. We didn't know if she'd been caught up in the whole thing or not. Fortunately, she was okay. Um, her whole family was. A lot of people weren't. Um, but their house was completely wrecked. They all happened to just be out away from where it hit at the time. So that took a long time for those people to rebuild. But Japan's a very organized um place where things kind of get done quite quickly and everyone's very very well prepared so i think they say in the episode they mention that if if you know you'd have something happen to you or this kind of thing happen to you you want it to happen in japan and I, I completely agree it was very calm um you know people had to buy extra supplies and sure things ran out in the stores a bit but there was no looting there was no trouble um it was it was calm. I mean, the the big worry was what's going to happen with the whole the whole nuclear thing. That was that was the main worry, I think, for yeah. most people in in Tokyo at least. Yeah. Some favorite moments from this episode, and feel free to jump mm-hmm. in. Um, I said it before we actually went in to listen to the episode, but it's referenced so often that TBTL was Japan's number one morning show. <laughs> 
And then the admission that it actually wasn't based on how the time zones work out. <laughs> like, that's such an easy thing to check. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but but I like to live in the world where TVTL was Japan's number one morning show. <laughs> I would like to have my own. I want to be Japan's something, number one something. Right. So I I need someone to write a um a paper about me, an English yeah. paper. Um, Jojo. Yes. What is this? Is it Giga Putty? Uh, Giga Pudding. G- yeah, Giga Giga Putty. Yeah, Giga it's pudding. um yeah, it's it's basically a giant pudding, right? <laughs> um, and it's it's the cutest the cutest song in the world. Um, it is. <laughs> I hadn't heard it until I heard it on TBTL and then then went straight to the internet and, and had a look. Um, yeah, it's it's like a giant, this is an actual genuine thing. Um, it's a giant kind of soft cream pudding thing. Um, and, you know, the song is talking about how it's totally massive and it's a party today and we're so happy because there's this giant pudding here. Um, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad to report having looked around um it's just come back this month to japan um it's version 3.0 and it's 1.5 times bigger so yep the giga <laughs> is alive and well <laughs> and larger than this. ever is this is this comfortably within the realm of japanese culture since you're immersed in it is this the kind of food and entertainment that that is commonplace um I wouldn't say so. Uh, or is this is this extravagant and ridiculous, even by Japanese standards? It kind of walks the line a little bit, to be honest. It's 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 a bit of both. Um, it's it's kind of the the presentation and the the cuteness of the whole thing is definitely definitely very Japanese. The size of the whole the whole thing, uh, maybe not so much. Right. Yeah. Okay. But is it for kids or adults? It's definitely for kids. Um, it, okay. It's you know like it's it's kind of almost like a like a food joke, I guess, um, which sounds weird. But you know you're at a you know you got all your kids around at a party. All right, guys, you want some you want some snacks? You want some some pudding? Yeah, sure, we want some pudding. And you dump this giant thing on the table, and the kids all go, "What?" Um, <laughs> that's the idea, I guess, behind the whole thing. So yeah, um, huh. I I have more culture questions that that spring off of this episode yes. of TBTL, but <laughs> Absolutely. first. Um, we get the TBTL players mm-hmm. and Star Blazers was a cartoon that just never, I, it wasn't close for me. It's not one that I ever really knew much about or was really all that aware of as a kid. Um, Christy, was it in your world? No, not at all. Yeah. Jojo? Same here. I'd never, ever seen it. Not Over at all. three on Star Blazers. Well, but can I tell you something about this episode is that... Um, this ep- listening to this episode is what made me write into the show about the TV theme songs because they're going and they're definitely doing a great job of, you know, send money to Red Cross and we love Japan and we love everything about it. But let's talk about which cartoon characters we're sexually attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh. Yeah, and that is what spawned the TV theme song <laughs> <laughs> email, and then also episode. That's so that's so TBTL to go from. Please give money to the Red Cross. Please help out Japan. And by the way, here's the here's the theme song from Gem. <laughs> 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 and Luke, uh, 
professes that he was kind of gay when he was a child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he liked gems. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Well, he also had all sisters. I mean, he's talked about having that a lot. Right. right growing up with all sisters that you're going to get when you ha- when you grow up with what did they have a tv in a closet and they're sneaking tv shows you're you're gonna get a fight and if you have four sisters and one brother the sisters are gonna win right absolutely yeah <laughs> uh i mean right when that whole conversation came up thundercats resonated with me a whole lot more yes Same here. right mm-hmm. And then that other one, I didn't ever watch the Skyhawks or whatever that was. Silver, Silverhawks. Silverhawks. I didn't ever see that one. It's basically just Thundercats in space more. Okay. With Hawks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, My humble brag of the episode is that um, people know I work in the contemporary classical music world. And... Uh, as it happens, one of the composers that my organization has most closely worked with and is working with currently is a guy named Bernie Hoffer. He's actually the guy who wrote the Thundercats theme song. Whoa. Nice. Right? That's and so cool. my 80-year-old music director, God bless him, loves his like serious classical new music work. And every time I see him, I just think to myself, that guy wrote the Thundercats theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw him today. Before I was coming home to do this, he was at a concert for another group. And still enough, every time I see him, all I can do is hum it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, can he get me in contact with the people that did the Transformers one? <laughs> I don't think that they all hang out. Oh, that would be really cool if they did, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know, next time I see him, I'll ask. Maybe, okay. maybe he Please knows do. who it was. Um, he also wrote the theme song to the. Uh, the McNeil Lair Hour on PBS. So that's the breadth of his abilities. Okay. Um, that was a big tangent. Sorry. Or um, <laughs> a bird walk. <laughs> See, I can yeah. make it come back. Because uh, another note of mine, there were some things in this episode that really had nothing to do with Japan, but that were great insights into uh, <laughs> to Luke and Jen's childhood. Um they talk about Jesus Creek and they talk about Mr. Bain, their quote unquote science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Telling uh, them that the earth is 6,000 years old. Oh, uh, Yeah. In Japan, they probably don't have a thing like Jesus Creek or homeschool, right? Right. <laughs> um, uh, Luke mentions the foreign exchange students. One of the things he's grateful for from Japan and what I'm trying to figure out is, were those Japanese foreign exchange students who went to Jesus Creek? Because what kind of a short shaft no. are you getting if right. you come all the way to Seattle from Japan and you go to this crazy ass backwards high school? Well, and isn't one of the exchange students the the person that Luke stole from? Oh, Remember how he stole the money? Oh, right. That's a completely different story. I feel he was younger. That's a that's a younger Luke story, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's yeah, a... when he stole the money from the cap because he wanted, he saw like a twenty dollar bill, right on the cash box. Yep, and so he took it. I remember that. I think that's child Luke mm-hmm. in junior high or high school. Luke just steals their fashion, right? 
so Luke is is grateful for from Japan those students, and he's also grateful for Japanese pop music. Uh, and he plays that Strawberry Cream Puff song toward the end. It's amazing. <laughs> Such a good song. <laughs> Sean is grateful for Data from the Goonies, <laughs> who is clearly Chinese. Uh, but also haiku and um, anime porn. So. Of course. Of course. But please, please donate to the Red Cross. Yes. <laughs> Save save the anime porn <laughs> Jen was uh, Super Mario Top Ramen which I thought was an awesome yes note. yeah I agree with uh, that and then a couple of studs including Ichiro <laughs> Ichiro's pretty popular in my house as well um, oh really yeah with with my wife so he's definitely definitely got it for the ladies yeah I like yeah. that when he came on the Mariners we got to have sushi at the stadium ha <laughs> There's a whole sushi place there now. Um, did you guys sign an Italian third baseman I didn't know about? Because those garlic fries were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask both of you. I mean, Jojo, you're immersed in it. But is there something for you in Japan that really makes it for you? Which might be a harder question since you live there. And then, Christy, I'm curious if there's an mm -hmm. export that resonates with you. And mm -hmm. we didn't talk okay. about this before we started recording. So, Christy, I'm you're ready. editing this episode. Do what you have to do. <laughs> oh, you want me to go first? Whoever's ready. Yeah, okay. I'll, 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 let me think. I'll go. Um, so my favorite uh, Japanese product are, I don't even know exactly what they call them. I call them sesame balls. They're, mo they're inside. They have red bean paste. And then mochi and then a crispy uh, sesame seed outside that they serve at sushi restaurants or other Japanese restaurants. Sure. Uh, it could not even be a Japanese food. Now I'm embarrassed. No, no, no. It, no, no, no it totally is. It totally is. It's, it's, okay. that's, that's very authentic. Those are my favorite thing ever. They're ah, substantially cool. more authentic than data from the Goonies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Significantly Isn't Korean? so. Isn't that actor Korean? Oh, I don't even know. Okay. I really don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather not know at this point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, as for me, um, I... Uh, sorry. Um, all sorts of things. I mean, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you, you have things like Picari Sweat um, and other excellently named Japanese products. Um for me, things that make Japan, there's so much good music here. Um, if you can get by the language, um, Luke mentions Japanese pop. I'm not sure that, you know, Shonen Knife are really pop, but okay. But there's plenty <laughs> of that. There's plenty of really, really cool indie bands around in Tokyo. That's one thing that I like to, uh, kind of do as a hobby. Um, go around seeing bands, hanging out with people. Um, so if you're into that, that's a pretty cool thing. But, um, yeah, I guess the music is, is definitely one of the things that has, has kept me here for a long time. So that's certainly something to look out for. That's great. And I hadn't even thought to ask this, but um, is there an American export in Japan that that you particularly enjoy? And while you think about that, I'll tell you what my favorite Japanese import is, which is actually one that was mentioned on the show, which is the original Iron Chef. Mm. <laughs> so That's a good one. <clears throat> I may have mentioned this on the show before because I repeat myself constantly, but 
when I was in high school, uh, my friends and I not just bonded over Iron Chef, and I'm talking, of course, about the original series, not any of this American crap, but uh, (laughs) it was our rallying cry. We met every Saturday night to watch Iron Chef on Food Network in somebody's basement. And then we would go out and terrorize the town after, but like that was the start of our evening. (laughs) And we would take the ridiculous quotes in English from (laughs) whatever dumb actress was on the tasting panel that week and make posters of them and share them. This was before (laughs) Facebook. So we couldn't just post them on Facebook. Right. And then for a lot of my friends were a year or two older than me. And for their senior week, in high school, they went as team iron chef and they all wore gray all week. And each of their shirts was a different secret ingredient oh. theme ingredient hmm. from iron chef. So like we were next level obsessed with the show. Did you ever have an iron chef where you guys did the cooking? Competition? It, always, it always turned into more of the theme ingredient being whatever the hell was in somebody's parents' cupboards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I'm looking up the name of the show, is a lot more like um, Elliot uh, Gordon Elliott's Door Knock Dinners, which is a show nobody's going to remember. No. Where he would just walk into somebody's house and be like, we're going to make a great dinner. What do you have? Oh, yes. And they'd be like, I they'd do be remember like that. capers and a can of tuna fish. And he would be like, okay. Right. <laughs> I got this. I do remember that. that Yeah. Uh, Um, So we never went out of our way to find the ingredients, but we would just watch it and then go to Wegmans and get junk food. And that was our thing. That, that was our, like, that's how we identified. That's why we got together. Our parents all thought it was ridiculous. And that's what you do in high school. Right. Before you Um, start drinking. I have another thing that my friends kind of got obsessed with, which was dance, dance revolution. Did you guys Uh, ever play this? Yeah. Oh, I've, played it but the world's never seen me play it i yeah i just like it. we had the home version and we loved that it would come up with things like when you're doing great it'd be like great rad and one was that's a hundred percent awesome and so that was <laughs> our our little thing is whenever you did anything cool would be that was 100 percent awesome it's <laughs> pretty good not 99 percent yeah, i've I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I've been known to known to give it a go but um they have fairly big arcades here in tokyo and Let's just say I've never tried it sober, um, and therefore it's it's never gone too well. But yeah. hey, <laughs> that's why they put the bars on the side. Right. right. It's like karaoke. <laughs> it's the it's the active form of karaoke. Don't do it sober. I was about to say that that's a perfect transition to a conversation about karaoke. Mm-hmm. Jojo, is is this? I mean, do you go? <laughs> is this a thing? Do you all after work go for happy hour and go do karaoke? <laughs> so we work pretty late, but um. It's it's usually it's it's what it sounds pretty similar to the whole it sounds universal again. You're you're kind of you know, you're way too many beers past sensible and then <laughs> someone goes, Hey, you know what I'm thinking? And then someone else goes, Oh yeah, are you thinking? And then we all go karaoke and then and then you're there until five in the morning. Um that's literally what happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Tokyo, um it's obviously the karaoke boxes are karaoke booths, so you just kind of piling with a bunch of friends and um sing some really really embarrassing songs at loud volumes and um then you, there's a little phone in the room you pick up the phone you say hey want some more beer someone brings in some more beer it's it's pretty Whoa. endless to be honest um <laughs> and cool. and yeah it kind of right, writes off the next two days for your throat your body <laughs> your mind 
I'm going to start using that expression. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so you're going to one of those, one of those private setups for karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. And they have some, they have some cheap ones, which, you know, you can squeeze, you know, I think we've squeezed like, you know, 10, 15 people into a really small space, but Hey, it's Tokyo. We're used mm-hmm. to that. Um, right. That's pretty much what happens all the time. And then they have some really, really fancy ones with like, um, well, there are some medium fancy ones, I guess, that have black light and you turn on the black light and it kind of changes with the song and there are dolphins that appear on the wall or Ooh. giant trains. And it's, it's kind of really, it's a bit trippy, to be honest. So, uh, and then there are some that are really themed and there's a stage and that you can go and stand on in front of, in front of your friends and really kind of perform and it has a mic stand and stuff. But most of the time it's just standing on the chairs and that kind of go around yeah. the room in a U shape and falling over and singing Weezer songs badly and extremely loudly. I've done that. I've done that here. That last part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there an experience where you can sing karaoke with strangers? Because I feel like in America, most of the time I've done karaoke, it's been in a bar or a shitty Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. or something to that effect or a party or something where, uh, well, you don't know the person who's going up next. And so you suddenly, you know, there's some, some bonding and some fast friends there. And there's that person who's like always really good at Whitney Houston <laughs> or something like, is there that interaction or is it more clustered to your friend groups? Um, I think the kind of singing in a bar in front of people you don't know is it's kind of a more, it's for, I'm going to say the older generation, um, kind of people who are kind of going to be around the 50s, 60s right now. Of course, you can go and do it. And some places do. Uh, I, I've never done it personally. Um, it's it's kind of, I think people, you know, in Japan, people are generally quite shy, you know, um, unless they're around their friends and they've had 400 beers. Um, mm. So it's kind of easier. It's less kind of stress, less pressure to kind of just go into a room and just be shut off from the world and, and not have to do that in front of people. So I'd like to give it a go sometime. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what the old ladies in Japan or all gentlemen would think of my badly crooned version of Take On Me, but, you know, I'm willing, <laughs> willing to give it a go. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, maybe I'll give it a try and report back to you. Do people do a lot of English songs when they do karaoke? Because I feel like you'd have a leg up on them <laughs> having English as a first language. Yeah, it's kind of cheating, isn't it? People do. People do. And people do them really, really well. There are people who don't speak a word of English. And then all of a sudden they get on the mic and it's like, hang on a minute. You know every word to this Metallica song and it's (laughs) perfect. Um, This happens pretty frequently. Um, You know, we try and balance things out as well. Um, You know, so I, you know, will sing badly in Japanese uh, to make everyone else feel a little bit better. And... (laughs) Or that's my excuse. Again, it's probably just a bit, to be honest. <laughs> well, uh, Jojo, is there anything about this episode that that you wanted to bring up that we didn't get to? Um, I, I was pretty impressed actually with uh, some of Luke's Japanese pronunciation. Um, I know that we've had we've had chat about Luke's accents and and various things <laughs> going on more recently, um, but. Um, some of his pronunciation is really good. So maybe, what did he take in in college? Was it Swahili? Um, yeah, something so, weird, like off. yeah, with the football players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. He, uh, yeah, he sh- probably should have taken Japanese because um, his pronunciation's actually pretty solid. Um, so because it's all it's all you know pure vowel sounds. It's all a e u e o. It's it's pretty hard to mess up. 
Um, but he's he's got a kind of a good natural tone there. So maybe maybe Luke should have given that a go. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing um, was that in this episode, and this kind of ties up recently with, with TBTL, was that they start talking about lick the tins. Yes, it's in my notes too. This this episode may not air for a few weeks from when we're taping this. Um, but for those of you who are daily listeners of TBTL, know that this just came up like less than a week ago on yeah. TBTL. That's the Fools Rush In, the song mm-hmm. some, from Some Kind of Wonderful, a whole 80s movie tangent we didn't talk about that was just in this episode. <laughs> right. And it's all that glorious pan flute. <laughs> it's glorious. <laughs> but yeah, so listening listening back to this episode, then listening to TBTL live, I was having this weirdest deja vu. I was walking down the street the other morning, you know, on the way to work going, oh, but didn't I uh, what, uh, lick the tins again? No, stop. Ah. And so that kind of messed with my mind just a little bit. I'm copy and pasting the YouTube link now onto our run sheet so that when Christy goes to edit this she can work that music into the episode perfect (laughs) (laughs) because we'll give everyone uh, a pan flute hat trick having listened to TBTL and then this and then the end I think the tins are going to be wondering where this bump's come from yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) suddenly a hundred people have listened to this on YouTube (laughs) Well, um, I think that just about does it on that. It's a great episode, and I'm I am continually impressed and delighted with the episodes that tens bring for us to take a look at things that I either don't remember or just didn't stand out to me specifically. I rem- I remember hearing this episode when it aired, and I don't know it would have come back to me to pick, but I'm so glad you did. And uh, if there are any tens out there in other far-flung places that have been the focus of some tbtl love you should let us know and come talk to them uh, come talk to us about them yes for sure uh so christy for this exceptionally evergreen episode of <laughs> little red bandwagon do you have any non-time specific housekeeping for us um as always buy stickers and um, I sent some to Jojo, but I don't know how the mail works. So it could take a year to get to him. He could get them tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> By the time this airs, I'll probably have them, right? Eventually. Okay. <laughs> probably. <yeah. laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Join the archive project. That's evergreen. And buying stickers. That's evergreen. Yeah. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, we're almost done and you can push us over the finish line. Yes, I like it. That's probably not the case. No. <laughs> they, for, they, it's one of those things, they make five episodes a week. We're never going to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Tens. So yes, archive with us and get some stickers if you haven't. Um, this isn't going to air for a few weeks after we tape it. I'm going to assume that DJ still hasn't ordered stickers yet. So DJ, yes. order your damn stickers. <laughs> And here's how you can get involved with the show. Take a look at our website, littleredbandwagon.com. That is where you can fill out the form to be on Little Red Bandwagon. Our Facebook page is Little Red Bandwagon. You'll also find us in the Stens page, which is a wonderful community, all joking aside. And if you're not actively engaged there, you should be. 
Uh, our personal Twitter accounts, I'm at RLPape. Christy's at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. And the rest of the LRB family, Mike is at Drew McFrizz. Meredith is at Meredith underscore Mayhan with no Y. And producer Jeremy is at Dadstronaut. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. And JoJo, how the hell do you pronounce this? Yeah, it's it's practical grammar. Sorry, as a teacher, grammar nerd, that's what it's meant to be. But maybe just, yeah, P-R-C-T-L-G-R-M-M-R. If you want to see somebody tweeting about baseball in Japanese, please go ahead and follow me. I don't know who wouldn't. And that's practical yeah. grammar sans vowels. Yes. And the letters are in the right order. So if you think of it that way, P-R-C-T-L-G-R-M-M-R doesn't seem so jarring. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And I've been thinking about this. If the pressure of leaving a voicemail is too high, even though you can just delete it and start over, you can also record a voice memo on your smartphone and then email it to us. So if you want to be audio involved, but you don't want to trust the voicemail from the Google machine, which is all that is, <laughs> record it with your smartphone and shoot it to us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, and with that, Christy, I think we've done it. I think so too. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. I wish I had looked up how to say that in Japanese before we got here. <laughs> Jen, daisuki Shinu hodu binjda. Did that work? The shinu hodu? I don't think Luke pronounced it right when he did it, so I don't think I can get it right. Ikuru koto ga dikanai kurai utsu kushi desu. Sugoi! Nailed it. Yatta ze.